Man's going to stay up here for just a moment. Listen to this scripture in Hebrews chapter 11. It's a scripture we read last week. You can stay standing for just a second. This is a scripture that Amanda read last week. Hebrews chapter 11. It says, All these people still died believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they would have gone back, but they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for this time of worship. What an incredible blessing it is for us to be able to come here. I thank you for every student here, every person here tonight. And God, we need to hear from you tonight. We need nothing else other than to hear from you, and then we need your help to respond. For each and every one of us here, may we listen intently. May you speak through your word in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so go ahead and grab a seat. We started our series called This Is Not Your Home last week. Amanda kicked us off. It was awesome. If you weren't there, you need to go onto the app and listen to it. Uh, You can find the podcast on the app and all that. You need to go and make sure that you listen to it if you weren't here last week. But what we're talking about is how do we live as citizens of the kingdom of God here on earth? And some of you guys are like, I don't know what that even means, right? I don't know, when you say a citizen of the kingdom of God, what does that even mean? We're gonna unpack that, that's what we've been unpacking. We're gonna talk a little bit more about that today and kind of what that might look like. I'm not gonna use that term most of the time, but how do we live as people that belong to God's kingdom while we're here on this earth? It's a difficult thing to look at. Now, uh, if you've ever traveled, how many of you guys have ever traveled, and maybe you were gone for uh, a couple days, or maybe you were gone even for a couple of weeks, and you get home, and you get home, and you're just like, oh, finally I'm home, right? Anyone, anyone ever felt that way? All right, I feel that way. I, I have that all the time. Even if I'm on a great trip, like even if I'm on the best trip in the world, when I get home, there's just something about home, something about home. So for me... One of the things I love about home, my own bed and my own pillow, because I don't know about you, but when I, my six foot, six inch self, sleep in beds, most often I have to sleep in beds when I'm not at home that are way too small for me. That's a lot of beds, by the way. Most beds are way too small for me, but we've got a nice king bed at home, and I've got a nice big pillow at home. How many of you guys sleep on a big pillow, like a, one like this, like oversized? How many of you sleep on like the little pillow like that you had when you were like seven, right? Uh, I'm not mocking you. I'm just saying. Time to upgrade. Uh, but, but I love my pillow. I love sleeping in my own bed. And every time when I come home from a trip, I get in bed for the first time and I go, oh, so nice to be home. There's no place like home. But I want to remind you what we're talking about in this series. This place, not, not this building, 
because I hope you feel at home here. But, but this place, this earth that you walk on is not your home. But too often we begin to get comfortable like this is our home. And it's okay in some ways for us to get comfortable. Like it's a good thing when you go on vacation, when I go on vacation, it's a good thing for us to make ourselves comfortable. But we always have to do that in light of the fact that we remember that this is not our home. This is just part of the journey. And eventually I get to go home. And we don't forget about home in the midst of it. So here's what happens. We're talking about living as citizens of the kingdom of God while we're here on earth. If that's true, that this is not your home. Now I realize some of the things I'm going to be talking about tonight, some of them are like, if you're a Christian, like you say, I'm a Christ follower, I'm a Christian, I'm giving my life to God. This is going to be really specific. Most of what we're talking about tonight is going to be really specific for you. And some of you are like, well, I'm not there yet. Like, I haven't, I haven't gone that far yet. I haven't quite done that yet. I'm still trying to figure out what that means. Or, you know, I, I kind of know what it means, but I haven't, I'm not sure if I want to jump in there yet, and I'm not quite there yet. That's okay. You'll hopefully understand some of this, and then eventually when that time comes, and maybe it's even tonight when that time comes, it'll all start to make a little bit more sense. But you have to remember that this is not your home. And this is just part of the journey just part of the journey. But for people that realize that this is not their home, people who say, I'm a Christian, I kind of wonder, and maybe you've wondered this too, why is it that we're supposed to be different? We're supposed to be different than the other people in the world who don't claim the name of Jesus Christ, who, who have never turned their life over to God, but in a lot of ways, Christians and people who say, I'm not a Christian, live the same. Now I want you to think about it, everybody look up here for just a second. Here's what I want you to think about for just a second. When it comes to the things that you know that other people do, their behaviors, the way they act, the things that they do, the things they say, the places they go, things like that, how much different are you than them? And I'll, I'll, list, I'll list some, I've got a list of some. Do you lie? Do you tell lies? Not, not like are you just like lying every time you talk, but do you lie to people? You lie to your parents. Do you lie to your friends? Do you cheat on tests? Ooh, some of you guys are like. Do you cheat on tests? Do you drink? You know you're not supposed to. Do you drink? Do you do drugs? Do you use foul language? Do you engage in sexual activity? Do you watch certain movies that other people watch? Or do you say, you know what, there are movies that my friends watch that I tell them, I'm not watching that movie. I'm not watching that, I'm different, I'm not, I'm not you. Do you listen to the same music? Do you go to the same websites? Do you look at the same stuff over and over and over? You start thinking about all these things. I wanna know what's different about you if you say you're a Christian and the other people who wouldn't say they are. Because for a lot of people, and when we do studies, like we, there's lots of studies out there, they'll say that the percentages, if they say a certain percentage of, of teenagers drink, and then they ask Christians, they say, what percentage of them drink? It's about the same. When it comes to drugs, what percentage do drugs? And then what percentage of Christians do drugs? It's about the same. Engage in sexual activity, look at pornography, watch certain movies, do certain things, lie, cheat, steal, all those kind of things, those same things, those behaviors. If we're supposed to be different, why is it that in so many ways, so many people that say I'm a Christian look the same? I want you to think of somebody that you know that's not a Christian. 
Right now, if you're a Christian, now you might be like, well, that's me. Uh, I want you to think of somebody that you know that's not a Christian. And I want you to ask yourself this question. How different is your life from theirs? Now, now here's what you're gonna do, right? You might have thought of somebody who's like one of your friends, and then I said, how much different is your life than theirs? And you're like, oh, well, let me think of somebody else that's like really, really bad so that my life doesn't look as, as you know, the same, right? So immediately some of you guys are like changing your mind on who you wanna think of. How much different is your life? Would people look at you and based on the things you do, the things you say, the places you go, the movies you watch, this music you listen to, would they look at your life and they would say, you know what, that person, something different about that person, they're probably a Christian. They're probably a Christian. Would people actually look at you and think that, because there's four types of Christians. There's a secluded Christian, which is somebody that just kind of like does, like stays away from everybody and everything. The only people they know and the only people they talk to are other Christians. And like, like I'm, I'm not going to listen to secular music and I'm not allowed to, you know, watch any television and I'm going to like shut myself off to everything because I just want to like be secluded and kind of live my Christian life like right here, which it was never intended to do. And then there's the rules Christian, like I'm just going to follow all the rules. They might be a jerk. And they might expect you to like, they're gonna be a jerk because they're gonna expect you to follow all the rules, but really they're just, they're just like, it has to be this, 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 this. And really they don't follow all those rules, but they just kind of put that on you and, and they try to be that way, but they're kind of, kind of a jerk about it. There's the worldly Christian, you know, that's a person that's like, yeah, I wanna be more like Jesus, but really they're just doing everything else that everybody else does. You know, they're the ones that, yeah, yeah I'm a Christian, yay, I'm Jesus, you know, and then, and then you know, when it comes to the party, they're at the party. When it comes to the things that other people are doing, they're part of the same conversations, going to the same places, doing the same things, right? And then there's another one, and this is the one we're gonna focus on for the next just a couple minutes, and that is the Christian ambassador is the, the term we'll use. Christian ambassador, it's somebody who realizes that they were sent to a different place for a specific purpose. An ambassador of our country is sent to a different place to represent our country. Now, what they have to do when they go to represent our country is that we don't just send them and say, hey, do whatever you want over there and just take our name. No, we say, you're gonna represent our country, which means whatever we tell you and whoever we are, that's what we want you to represent. If you're going as a representative of me, you better do the things that represent me. When I played baseball in college, one of the things my coach always talked about is he said, hey, listen, you need to understand that when we travel, we have a name that's written across our chest and it's our school. It's our school's name. So when you do stupid stuff, you're not representing your school well. You're carrying that name, so you better carry it right. When you go anywhere, you're carrying the name of your school, you're carrying the name of your family, you're carrying the name of your coach, and you're carrying your own name and own reputation everywhere you go. Here's the thing, if you're a Christian, guess what you carry? The name and the reputation of Jesus. Everywhere you go. And people that understand that, they are that type of Christian. They are the Christian ambassador. They realize that this is not their home. And the goal is to begin to see the things of this world from God's perspective. Now, I want to pause for just a second and say, we use that term a lot, like the world, right? We say, you know, the things of this world. And, and I want to just kind of define that for a second, because there's four different words that are used in the New Testament for world, and they're kind of translated, a lot of them kind of like the world. So there's four words. Basically, they mean a lot of different things. I'm going to, um, I'll, if you want to know them later, come and ask me, because I don't have a lot of time to be able to go through them. But here's what it's not. Here's what it's not. When we say the world, we're not talking about the planet. 
okay? Like the things of this world. We're not talking about the planet. We're not talking about the physical you know, ball that we walk on. That's not what we're talking about. We're also not talking about the people. When we say the things of this world, we're not talking about the people. We're talking about a system of belief, a system of belief, and it's a twisted system of belief. And here, let me, let me kind of describe this for you. Imagine for just a second that you live in a swimming pool. Everybody look up here. Everybody look up here. Imagine for a second that you live in a swimming pool. And there are some rules posted at that swimming pool. So this is you. You live in this swimming pool. There are rules posted. The first one is do not dive in the shallow end. It's a pretty good rule in the swimming pool, right? The second one says do not run. Good rule, you see it all the time. The next one says, only swim when lifeguard is on duty. And the fourth rule says, do not pee in the pool. It's a good rule, right? Especially if you live in the pool, okay? Now imagine for just a second, somebody comes like they always do, and they scratch off the words, do not on the number four rule. So now it says, you know, don't dive in the shallow end, don't run, only swim lifeguards are on duty, pee in the pool. So now everybody reads the rules and they come and they run into the pool and you're hanging out in your home, the pool, and all of a sudden it starts turning colors. Let's be honest, it's one color. And it starts getting really warm. And you're like, this isn't a hot tub. There's something really weird about this. Now you're all laughing because you've done it. It's gross, all right? Is the problem in that case, is the problem the pool? No, is the problem the people? No, it's the system of belief that has been set up because something got twisted along the way. Now you might be like, everybody would know better. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you can set up this system of belief where literally everybody would, you'd jump in the pool, you'd be like, hey, I'm, I'm just joining the pool. And everybody, and you're like, it's warm. And they're like, yeah, you should try it. You're like, why would I do that? And they say, that's what we do here. That's just how we do it. It's a system of belief that is jacked up. So we know what the problem is. That's when we talk about the world, we're talking about that system of belief that God has created a system and put it in place and then we've twisted it and jacked it up and now there's this system of belief that everybody kind of walks in and lives in and it's just different. And by the way, it's wrong. And so when we talk about the things of this world, that's the kind of idea that we're talking about. So listen to this, 1 Peter chapter two says, get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit or lying, hypocrisy, jealousy, and unkind speech. If you're a Christian, that's for you. Get rid of all of that evil behavior. And then it says, verse two, look, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Don't miss that verse. You guys need to go back and read this. I wish we could unpack this whole thing, but we're not going to tonight because we don't have time. But you need to go back and read this. And then verse four, it says, you are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. 
And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Guys, I hope you understand there's so much good stuff in here. If you're a Christian, go study this. It is amazing. Verse six, as the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem chosen for great honor and anyone who trusts in him will never, excuse me, will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust in him recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is that stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word. Listen to this, they do not obey God's word. So they meet the fate that was planned for them. And then he says this, he says, but you are not like that. You are not like that. We just talked about all those things, the people that stumble because they don't obey God's word, they don't obey God's plan. They go after what the world goes after. They follow the system of the world and they look the same as everybody else. But he says, but you're not like that. You are a chosen people. God has chosen you. You're a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You have been called out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received mercy, but now, once you received no mercy, but now you have received God's mercy. Dear friends, I'm warning you, as temporary residents and foreigners, this is the term, as temporary residents and foreigners, because this is not your home, I'm warning you, keep away from the worldly desires because they wage war against your very souls. These things wage war against your soul. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable, honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. He says these things of the world, what happens is they wage war against your soul. And here's what happens to so many of us. Everybody look up at me. Here's what happens to so many of us. So many of us, we invite that in. Because we live in this system of behavior that people do certain things and then we begin to be okay with it. I don't know about you, but it's gonna sound really disgusting, but if you sat in that warm pool for a while, eventually you're gonna start getting used to it. And all of you guys are like, I wouldn't sit in that pool long enough to get used to it because that's disgusting. But the reality is, for so many of us, it may not be that kind of warm pool, but when we live, up, live in this world and we begin to live like the world, it's the same as sitting in that disgusting pool and starting to get used to it. So much so that maybe we even decide, you know what, I think I'll join in. And everybody, every one of you is like, that is disgusting. Like, this, you, keep, you keep with this, like, picture, and it's disgusting. Yeah, and that's the truth. It's disgusting. But too often, we start getting used to something that we should never have started in the first place. We start getting used to something that we never should have participated in the first place. We see so many people doing it that we say, you know what, maybe it's not that bad. And I want you to know I get it. I get it. Because you walk in this world 
of people that are all kind of doing the same thing. Not everybody. There's a lot of great people that aren't, that they live different. They live as ambassadors. They represent a different country. They represent a different kingdom when they walk on this earth. But for so many of us, sometimes we begin to think that this is our country and it's not our country. This is our kingdom and this is not our kingdom. This is all we were made for and this is not what you were made for. You were created for so much more. And it's so easy to get used to it. And he says, I'm warning you, these things wage war against your soul. Don't ever get used to it. Don't ever be okay with it. Because that's not who you are and that's not who you were created to be. Finish with this, C.S. Lewis says this. He says, if I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. If I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical conclusion is that I was made for another world. Guys, this is not your home. If you're a Christian, I want you to know this is not your home. I wanna remind you that this is not your home. You're called to be an ambassador to represent the kingdom of heaven because you are a son or a daughter of the king. So when you walk out of this room, when you walk out of, this house, out of your house, even when you walk into your house, you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. You take his name if you're a Christian and live like it. Don't ever get used to it. And don't ever be okay with it. And in a lot of ways, stop inviting that in because it wages war against your soul. Will you bow your head for just a moment? If you're a Christian in this room, and I know I do this a lot, I want you to talk to God and allow him to talk to you, but if you're a Christian in this room tonight, here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you to do this. I want to challenge you to ask God to show you the ways that you've allowed the world to creep in. Ask him to show you the ways that you've allowed the world to creep in. And some of them are gonna be easy. When I talked about some of those things, maybe it's the words you use. And I'm not just talking about foul language. I'm talking about negative language where you talk about bad about other people. Maybe it's, maybe it's movies that you say, you know what, I go to any movie. And I know there's some I probably shouldn't go to. And I, I, I go to all the movies my friends would go to. There's nothing different about me. Maybe it's the things you listen to, the things you watch, the things you do. I don't know what it's gonna be, but let him speak to you and say, God, if you're actually a Christian, say, God, I need your help. I need your help to remind me that it's not okay. I don't ever want to get used to that stuff being a part of my life. You talk to him and let him talk to you. If you're a Christian, that's what you do right now. That's your time right now. And you talk to him, you confess those things, you give those things back to him. For some of you in this room, you say, you know what? I've never turned my life over to God. I want you to know that God loves you. He created you with a plan and a purpose. And if you feel that pull, where you, you've gone after the things of this world, or you, maybe you just say, you know what, I still just feel empty. And you feel that pull because you know that there's a desire in your heart which you haven't seen anything that can satisfy. I want you to know it's because you were created for a different world. God created you to be in relationship with him. And our sin is what separates us. When we turn our backs on God, we walk away from him, we're separated from him, but he loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die a death that you deserve and that I deserved. And all you have to do is trust in him, 
believe in him, that he died and that he came back to life nearly 2,000 years ago so that you could have life on this earth, real life, and life eternal in heaven with him.